Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge so what the fuck is up everybody how you doing i'm doing good a little busy so busy that i realized i didn't actually normally i uh type up everything that i kind of want to say on these intros so i have a little list i forgot to do it for this episode so i'm just gonna fucking roll with it go off memory things are tight shows are coming up this weekend gonna be uh the 25th january this weekend, correct? Yes. Friday, start the beat live as part of podcast night at the Toma. So if you are in the Pittsburgh area, you want to take a little trip out to the South Hills, Dormont area. That's where this is going to be. Going to be doing a live episode of start the beat with Sykes alongside three other podcasts being thrifty, cool on ghoul and one half of this week's guest. Neon Brainiacs. I don't know if that one half of this week's guest, the guy that's on this week is one half of Neon Brainiacs who are going to be at the podcast event this weekend. Does that make sense? I hope so. Again, I'm not prepared, but are we ever really prepared for anything? I don't think we are, especially living in Pittsburgh where you get, you know, an inch of snow and everybody's like, ah, it's the end of the world. Anyways, uh, aside from that, February 1st and 2nd, Gray Walker will be in Michigan. On the 1st, we're playing in Lansing. The 2nd, we're playing in Grand Rapids. Both of those shows are with our buddies in Heartsick. I don't know if I have a viewership or listener base in Michigan. But if so, come check out my fucking band. We're not that bad, I promise. And February 8th, Sykes and the New Violence were doing a headlining spot over at the Smiling Moose. It's an all-hip-hop event playing with Abstract Theory, Walkman, and BB Guns. Anyone that's been listening to the show for a while, Walkman has been on the show, and BB Guns have been on the show a couple times. So if you are fans of any of those people, you should come out to the show. Yeah. Supporting art and stuff. I would assume if you're listening to this podcast at all, you're already kind of into supporting art. Or maybe you're just here for Greg. So let's get into that. This week's guest, my buddy Greg, like I said, one half of Neon Brainiacs, which is an 80s horror-themed movie podcast. I was recently a guest on the show. The episode has not gone up yet. I think it'll be up sometime next month, so I'm not going to get too much into that. But the same day that I recorded that episode, I had an episode scheduled here at my place that fell through. So Greg was like, I'll do it. So basically, we recorded an episode at his place, and then he came over here and we recorded an episode of my show here at my place. It was fun. Got to hang out with Greg. Uh, never really like talked with him a whole lot prior to that day. So what better way to get to know somebody than uh, recording yourselves talking with each other for about four hours? 
uh, yeah, that's 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 friendship in 2019. Uh, so yeah, Greg's a solid dude. Spent a lot of time in the Pittsburgh music scene. Uh, he's a bit of a nerd, so being somebody that's involved in local music and being a nerd and into horror movies, me and Greg got along pretty naturally. And uh, I think you'll really, really dig this conversation. It's cool. Really glad to talk with him and share it with you all. So without further ado, before I ramble anymore, let's get into my conversation with Greg of Neon Brainiacs. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! Hello, hello. Yeah, check. Hey. All right. Hi, Greg. Hey. How's it going? Not bad, man. How are you? I'm solid. Happy Sunday. Uh, it is a very happy Sunday. It's been a good day. I spent my day earlier actually recording an episode of your podcast, so mm-hmm. we'll just get right into that. I figure this is a good opportunity to promo the fact that I'm going to be on your show and that you have a show. Yup. Neon Brainiacs. Tell the people about it. All right, so uh, Neon Brainiacs is uh, me and my friend Ben Deedles, local uh, filmmaker and uh, musician. Uh, we talk about 80s horror movies and uh, strictly 80s horror, which sometimes Specifically. Is, yeah. We only do 80s Joel, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sometimes it's cool. Sometimes you're like, oh, this movie was made in like 1991 and I really want to talk about it. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. We have some cool segments. Uh, ben recommends like non-horror movies from the 80s. So usually it's like something that Canon Films put out or like some obscure action movie that's like totally over the top and insane. But uh, yeah, we've been doing that for uh, a little over a year now and uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I had a really good time. I'm not going to spoil the movie that we did. Yeah, that's it's coming a little further down the line. So, yeah, I know uh, that that probably won't be out for a bit, but I had a I had a blast. We talked about... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of awkward sex, interesting and things. things. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess relating eighties horror and the podcast and you to all of that. Let's do this. What was the movie? Oh, boy. and you know what I mean. I I know exactly what you mean, and I, I I'm gonna cheat a little bit. It's not the movie, it's the franchise. That's fair. And for me, that franchise was Friday the 13th. Okay. Uh, Starting at like, oh God, I had to have been maybe eight years old every Friday the 13th. I don't know who thought of this, by the way. We were, you know, in second grade. Every Friday the 13th, me and my friends would uh, have a sleepover. Somebody's parents would rent a random Friday the 13th movie and we'd sit around, watch it and be loud and just act like little eight-year-old assholes. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But yeah, like we did that pretty frequently and, uh, you know, just, I just kind of got hooked on it. Um, that was, I think the first franchise that I was really like into, um, child's play scared the fucking shit out of me. Same. I, Same. did you have a, my buddy doll? No. Okay. I did. So it was like, way <laughs> worse. <laughs> like I would like throw the thing down the steps and then go, Oh God, I hope it's not going to come alive and kill me. Sure. Um, my dad was really into Nightmare on Elm Street, so that I kind of like cherry picked at that for a while, and then got into it at a later age. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where it all started. That's cool though. So like your 
family was like watching some of the stuff so it was around the house oh yeah my dad was like you know we always went all out for halloween he always went all out for christmas as far as like decorating the outside of the house um you know even the inside like we would kind of just like our living room was just decked out in like whatever holiday um you know he liked nightmare on elm street he was a big tales from the crit fan all that stuff um and then i found out later probably a couple years ago that uh you know, he took my mom on a date to see Maniac <laughs> at one point, uh, which I'm going to get a little bit more out of the story out of my mom uh, later on when we cover it. Yeah. But yeah, just like goofy shit like that. That's gnarly. Yeah, it was really cool. How, how What was music like in the house growing up? Uh, my dad was pretty strictly um, like... 80s hair metal and Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And my mom was like a big Led Zeppelin fan too. Um yeah, came up on that. Um, you know, I one of my earliest uh, stories I've heard of of talking was like singing along to like Wild Side by Motley Crue. Okay, <laughs> like, which like for a while I was like, oh that that sucks, but now I'm like that's fine. <laughs> I'm cool with it. Um, yeah, just like a lot of that. Uh, you know, grew up listening to like alternative radio and DVE and all that. Yeah. And my dad was a real big metalhead, like Cannibal Corpse cassette tape oh, metalhead. Oh, hell yeah. My but- <laughs> uncle was super into death metal. The band Leprosy, he was actually one of their earlier singers. Like <laughs> They're the still a band. You yeah, know that? That's insane. I've never <laughs> seen them. I don't even think I've heard them. Sorry, guys. Yeah, they're still they're still around. <laughs> I've seen them kicking around, and I always thought, like, is it, it's been that long. Like, is that the same band? But yeah, sure well, shit. the funny thing is, I think the last time I saw them, Greywalker, we may have, we either played with them or it just happened to be a show that they were playing. Right. And like, from what I remember, half of the band what looked like they were my age, and I was like, "This is wild," because the other half looked like they were like twice my age right <laughs> so I, I think pretty much there's probably a couple of the original dudes still kicking it and That's then what I figured, younger yeah. people just kind of cycling through because you have a background in local music as well big time yep yeah i've been kicking around probably god i think i went to my first show when i was eight years old uh the the first uh, okay i'll give the second show and then i'll give the first show just because okay. You know, hopefully I'll I'll keep up my street cred here. Uh, my parents took me to the School's Out 1995 tour with Alice Cooper and the Scorpions and Ashes to Ashes opened up. Tight. First show was like two weeks before that. My uncle won tickets on, I think, B94 to see Hootie and the Blowfish. Okay. All right. <laughs> so that was the actual first one. But the second one was actually a lot cooler. <laughs> <laughs> so now with like moving forward and all that. So you're growing up around music. You're growing up around movies. Video games? Any? Were you a big video game guy? Um, kind of. I I definitely dabbled. Like you know, we had Nintendo, we had Sega, we had PlayStation. Um, you know, later on, like I think around the time that I moved out, we had Wii. Um, and it was cool, but like I I didn't really like envelop myself in that. I was always more of like a hands on. Like um, I played hockey from like the ages of eight to eighteen. Like once I graduated high school. Okay, so you had um, sports and stuff too. In there, yeah. yeah, I was like kind of a weird enigma where like I played like violin from like the age of nine until through high school, but I was also like, you know, technically a jock because I played hockey. Yeah, you were just doing extracurricular shit, just giving my of, like giving myself swirlies, you know, video game <laughs> shit. Yeah, I was kind of all over. the Well, place. I feel like because like did you like skate or anything like that? 
Oh no, I did, I was not good at that. Well, you see, I think that that that's pretty much what it, I feel like. Either you know, if you were into like movies and video games, I'm sure you were into cartoons and shit like that. Oh yeah, still am. Like at those 32. kids, <laughs> yeah, those kids were either video games and skateboards, or they were doing like band stuff. Whether that's you know, band stuff or sports or maybe like musical stuff, right? figure like the extracurricular stuff kind of pulled a lot of kids away from the video games i was a video game kid yeah yeah i spent a very uh a good amount indoors but i also like went outdoors every now and then no that's cool like yeah super solid now with friday the 13th growing up in school you're a year younger than me so we pretty much grew up around all of the same horror stuff that kind of continued through like that was coming out while we were in high school and all that. And I didn't really have too much of a connection with any horror movies through my family. Like nobody, but my uncle was a really big movie collector. Yeah. And that was, he was the weirdo that I ended up getting into a lot of stuff through. But I feel like in that time frame where we like grew up and we were able to start going to the movies by ourselves and shit like that, it was like a really unfortunate time for horror. Yeah. I, like, there was like really no good movies. I like some stuff from that era, but like, yeah, I know it just generally gets shit on. Like, I'll watch the first three screen movies all day. I'm like a screen three apologist. Um, I know what you did last summer. I've watched that a lot. The faculty underrated faculty's tight i like it that was that's a um that's wait no that's is that robert rodriguez or peter jackson it's robert rodriguez i couldn't i was like it was like one of those two yeah now for me i think the only the big one that sticks out in my brain from like high school days would be the first ring movie I really like that movie a lot oh that one scared the shit out of me yeah that's like the last i eh. Maybe not the last, but the next to last movie that like really scared the shit out of me. Uh, I I guess I'll devolve the last one. Paranormal Activity. I watched that at a friend's house, went home, and had a horrible <laughs> night's sleep. I, re- I I I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the first Paranormal Activity. It, it was decent. It was a little silly, but like it wasn't terrible. Uh huh. I I I think the silliness kind of brought me back to a conversation that we had earlier today, talking about like silliness in horror movies mm-hmm. and how. There's like, there was a fine line for some time where it wouldn't go too serious or too silly. And that's kind of been lost. I feel like either now, not that I have a problem with like, I don't know why this is the only example I can think of, like a, a Shaun of the Dead right. or like Zombie Land. Like those are both fun movies, but yeah. they're like really, really silly. Or things get so serious that it's like, I can't, like it's. It's like serious. I don't mind a serious movie, but sometimes it's like, like serious on like 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 Annabelle or yeah. some shit like that. Or it's, it's like, like overly it's a, it's serious. A, it's a really okay. This is what I should have said. It's a really silly concept, but it's played okay. way too straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're afraid to like pull that B movie card and be okay with it. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. Where there's not a whole lot in the middle, where you know, even you know, we'll we'll still be secretive about it. But like the movie we covered earlier, it was it was serious enough, but it had the elements of comedic relief when it needed to. Now it's either you know you get like you might be the killer, or 
you know, something else that's just like a total lampoon of the genre, or you get something like, you know, out of the Conjuring series where it takes itself way too seriously and it kind of falls flat. Yeah. Yeah. There's something for everybody. Yeah, that's true. Now with high school and you're doing, uh, you're playing violin and you're doing sports and all this stuff. What happens post high school with Greg? Well, uh, to rewind a little bit, on top of all that, in uh, the summer before 10th grade, I actually joined my first band. Okay. So I'm doing all three things, like, concurrently and still, like, you know, trying to bust my ass in school. So that was kind of a nutso time. What music were you listening to in high school? Oh, uh, part of it was the only genre I have ever been into that doesn't hold up, and that's ska music. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ska, a lot of pop punk. Um, Got into hardcore Around like 17, um, went to my first hardcore show. Uh, then uh, it was Converge on You Fail Me. Nice. With Cave In and Between the Buried Me opening. Tight. Which was fucking rad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of like played in pop punk bands, you know, here and there um, up until like getting out of high school. Then like, you know, I hit the ground running and playing in like hardcore bands and stuff like that. With, so you had interests in music and interests in all these things, and you obviously have an interest in film. Mm -hmm. Has your interest in film ever extended into like making movies or being involved in anything like that? Not until recently. And to be totally honest, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on our podcast, but like I didn't really deep dive into film until a few years ago. Okay. It's always been like, yeah, I like movies, but like, you know, kind of the the impetus for neon brainiacs was uh ben and i when we would have band practice we would you know play for a little bit go outside and just bullshit about movies for like 45 minutes go inside play a little bit more once we were done for the day it'd be like okay time to go play for 20 minutes bullshit for 40 it, play one song bullshit <laughs> yeah, for 40 yeah, yeah yeah and then we would talk for like an hour hour and a half after practice when it's like okay time to go oh hour and a half later i should really go yeah <laughs> but uh eventually i was just like we should do this recorded because, you know, we talk about it all the time and, you know, give me an excuse to see all these crazy movies that I grew up in, you know, walking past in the video store, but I never saw. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So in terms of like being like a going like collecting and like researching, deep diving, that's more of a recent thing. Yeah, I've, I've definitely become more of like a film nerd as far as like some of the segments we have where it's like, I'll look at directors, I'll look at, you know, um, people that do effects, um, even like labels, you know, like a lot of the, the VHS labels from the 80s, like Vestron and like, you know, uh, live entertainment and all that stuff, like yeah. kind of center on that. And I'm sure that probably comes from like, you know, all the different goofy ass collecting I've done, you know, over the last like 10 or 12 years, whether it's like records or whether it's like Pez dispensers or comic books or anything like that. I've had some weird hobbies. Yeah, no, it's tight. <laughs> you listen to a lot of Less Than Jake, you end up buying a lot of Pez. I'm just saying. That's cool. <laughs> do you ever think that you would want to like get into like making a movie or do you think that's more hmm. something that, uh, oh, you're absolutely. I, I forgot yeah. that was the, the question you originally yeah. asked. That's good. Um, Absolutely. Um, you know, meeting uh, Ben, who, you know, I, I met him through music and, you know, we played in a bunch of bands together. And then I realized like, oh, he makes movies as well. Um, his movie Slaughter Drive that uh, just was released uh, wide uh, a couple of months ago. He was actually making that when we first met. And, um, you know, I even told him like, you know, I've I've always been like into creative writing. 
um, and kind of fell off of it, like probably after I got out of high school. But I have all these ideas that I think would make cool like shorts or like cool movies. So he kind of would send me scripts and stuff like that. And I would kind of look at them and see how they were formatted. Um, and then I just started like writing these like short stories and basically adapting them into screenplays and, um, you know, keep my fingers crossed that eventually, you know, somebody would be like, Hey, this sounds cool. We want to make it. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's definitely in the cards for me. It's just a matter of when that'll happen. Yeah. It's pushing forward every little day, little bit at a time. Yeah. Me and my buddies made a, we made a horror movie in high school. Oh, really? It's all, I, uh, the main reason I made it. I directed it and edited it via VCR to VCR editing. Oh, man. Yeah. Gnarly. <laughs> the only reason I did it, though, is because I wanted to do the sound design for the for it. So the the only redeeming thing about the entire thing is that it sounds great. But right. It, it just looks like <laughs> shit. Total garbage. Honestly, if you've seen some of the movies we've done on the show, it's probably better than those. <laughs> well, it's it's not. I mean, I think it has heart. Yeah. And it's it's nostalgic for me because it's me and all the idiots that I grew up with. But it has pacing issues. Uh, if, if, I mean, if I was any, nitpick it now. Yeah, anything you make in high school is going to have some sort of thing where you look at it you're like, "Oh boy, I could have done a lot better job with that." Yeah, I guess the same thing goes for bands and shit like that yeah. too. With um with the music, where is that in your life now? Are you still playing in bands and all that or are you just kind of focusing on other things it's on the back burner right now yeah. um ben and i actually play in a band called pummeled um and we last played together god like probably last march um our bass player uh that we were playing with christine she had actually moved um in june to live with her boyfriend in missouri and since then we kind of like really haven't had time to like try anybody out or anything like that and before she had joined the band it was kind of like a big headache to find somebody that fits. We're just like, ah, we got all this other stuff going on and you know, that might be a potential headache. So like, let's just kind of not worry about that for now. Sure. I'd love to get back into it because like, you know, I haven't even looked at a drum set in fucking 10 months. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I've kind of started going to more shows again after kind of not being able to for a while. Uh, so I'm just like really getting the itch. Uh huh. But yeah, unfortunately, it's on the back burner right now. It's, you know, with like working and, you know, us trying to, you know, manage our households. And, you know, Ben has a lot of acting stuff he does on the side. You know, we just haven't been able to make it a priority. Yeah, that's fine. If it's not a priority, it's not a priority. There's plenty of other things you seem to be doing. Right. And, and not to say we don't love it, but, you know, it, it's hard to kind of. Uh, you know, just kind of get the ball rolling on it again. And it's kind of dumb to force something to, because then it doesn't turn out as good as you might want it to. Right. And then you start creating this weird vibe around this thing that you're supposed to love or whatever. Like it you gets don't want to like funky. resent it or feel forced to do it, especially if it's something like music where it's not like necessarily a paycheck or anything. It's really just your time. Right. And as you get older, you kind of have limited time to just fuck off. So if you're fucking off, you want to make sure that you're doing something worthwhile. Right. And I have found that, like, um, you know, if I do get that sense that, like, a band isn't fun, I guess, you know, it's like air quote the shit out of that. Um, you know, that I, I played in a couple of bands that, you know, eventually I was just like, eh, I'm not really feeling it. 
um, I would quit and they would get really good. So I kind of have that like reverse Midas touch that as soon as I step away from something, it becomes awesome. <laughs> um, a couple, the girl fight did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I started that with all those guys. And once I stepped away and Richie stepped into my place, they got really fucking good. Uh, Heartless, that band, uh, mm-hmm. did the same thing. I started that band with all them. I stepped back. Uh, Rick joined the band and, you know, they released like one of the best records on Southern Lord I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, you know, if, if I have to like stop playing in a band for them to get good, I'll do it. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that's not the case. That's just, you know, circumstance. T- twice is, twice is quite circumstantial. What, what, were, what were the reasons for stepping away? It was just one of those things that like, you just kind of go like, it's not like it's not clicking with me it's you know it's nothing personal against anybody it's nothing personal against the music you know it's not even like a style issue um i think i just prioritized other things at those times yeah um like i was doing other bands at the time like at one point i was in three fucking bands at the same time i know you can yeah yeah. sympathize with that but yeah it was just one of those things like eh, not feeling it i know you guys will be fine without me so i'm just gonna go (laughs) (laughs) And it worked. Yeah. Cool. With Neon Brainiacs now, and we have uh, the live event coming up now. Yes, we do. At the, I don't know if this will be out before then. So we either have it coming up or it happened, and it was a really good time. <laughs> Come on out, or thanks for coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With that and live events and like, Interesting to be in this environment now where we both come from playing live shows and now like thinking about doing a podcast live, like just bullshitting with your friends in front of strangers. Yeah. How, how, how are you wrapping your head around this potential concept? It's very interesting. I feel like I haven't really truly grasped the concept just yet because I keep saying like, oh, yeah, everybody's in their 30s. So like we do house shows, but it's podcasts instead of bands, like just kind of like writing it off. But I'm sure like on the 24th and we'll be like, what the fuck am I doing? How were you with like communicating and speaking prior to the podcast? Oh, I, I, I'm not good, and I feel like I'm still not really that good at it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a very mush-mouth type person, and I feel like my brain goes so fast that sometimes you, like, trip over yourself when you kind of try to, like, bleh, I'm the same way. I'm yeah. the same way. I get really excited about things in my head, and I try to... I, yeah, I just... I can't. It comes out and somebody's like, they what are you out, talking about? They come out, it comes out faster than I'm thinking. Exactly. Which is really funny because typically if I think about something, I always overanalyze it. So I'm like overanalyzing and my mouth's still moving. I don't want people to just stare at me when I'm just like. <laughs> I'm thinking. thinking. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. But yeah, I got to say, like, I ended up going back and listening to some of the earlier episodes. Like when we very first started. First off, they don't sound that great. Secondly, like, we're just like, I mean, at least me, I'm sure Ben's fine because Ben's just like, he's a natural performer. But me, like, I could tell I was just like, oh, hi, welcome to Neon Brainiacs. I'm so nervous. But like, yeah, now, you know, it comes more naturally. But, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person that's not going to be like, I'm fucking awesome at this. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's hard for me too, And I've been doing the podcast now for a number of years it's just i don't know i i I, again i overanalyze things do you almost feel like it's just like a a jump in the deep end and see what happens kind of deal yeah because i felt the exact same way because um 
actually right before neon brainiacs started my wife and i tried to do a podcast and it didn't work like we were both like super low energy what were you what was like the we were gonna do uh we were going to do Roseanne episode by episode. And this was before her, you know, yeah, yeah. her online uh, snafus. Yeah, the thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. so I think we definitely dodged a bullet with that one. <laughs> but yeah, we did, like a, we did like a pilot and we listened back and went, this sucks. Like neither one of us are really like engaging. And then I tried it with Ben and it was like a little bit better. And we just kind of just kept doing it just to, you know, kind of exercise those hiccups. And it worked. That's really all you can do. It would be like picking up a drumstick. Just one drumstick. Picking up a pair <laughs> of sticks. What am I going to do with this? And trying to play the drums, like, without the concept of, you know, taking the time to learn right. the way rhythm works and all that stuff. Yeah. and But it seems like it should be a lot easier than it is yeah because you're like oh you're just talking what what the fuck is the harm in that yeah have you ever like analyzed how interesting or uninteresting you really are when you talk yeah it's it's (laughs) you got a lot of demons to like clash with there (laughs) with um movies now in the current we'll say in like the past five to ten years Mm. Has there been anything? We'll stick to horror specifically. Sure. That is like knocked your socks off. Uh, I, yeah, a few. Okay. Um, new Halloween. We went and saw it. Uh, I took the day off from work. Because um, Halloween, if you notice, whenever you were asking me about like, you know, the movies I watched when I was a kid that like really latched me on the genre, I didn't mention Halloween because I didn't really buy into that until way later. And even then, Halloween 3 was, like, the only one I really liked, which it's still my favorite. But, like, over the last couple of years, I really jumped into Halloween, and I was like, I got to go see this new one. It's going to be amazing. And we went and saw it at uh, Cinemark in Monroeville at, like, 10 o'clock on October 19th, and it fucking blew me away. Just <laughs> so specific. 10 o'clock at night. It was October. <laughs> oh, it was, it was 10 a.m., by the way. Oh, 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, that's which, different was fucking tight because I heard so many horror stories about like, I went and saw this at midnight and the crowd was fucking horrible. People just like not paying attention. People talking on their phones, people like yelling at the movie sure. and being so you, distracting. You adulted the shit out of it. Oh, I adulted the fucking shit out of it. It was, it was, <laughs> it was fantastic. Also, it was like $4. Yeah. Which was fucking great. I remember taking a, uh, you can go and look on our Twitter. I took a picture of our ticket stubs and was like, I'm about to go see Halloween, and everyone's like, you saw it at Monroeville Mall, like Dawn of the Dead, Monroeville Mall, for $4? <laughs> what the fuck? And I was just like, I didn't even really think about that, but yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that one, I fucking loved. Mandy, which I know we talked about earlier, I fucking loved that. And a lot of it comes from the sound design of all these movies, like the scores and everything. John Carpenter and like, you know, his kid and like the crew doing all that, like they fucking knocked it out of the park. Yeah. There's um. Did you see the new Halloween? No. Oh man. There's a point where I've heard some of the score though. Yeah. There's that one where it gets super intense and it has that like boing like, and it's it's almost you know it's keyboard but it sounds like guitar but like really crunchy guitar. I heard that in some promo material and I was just like, what is that? And then their application in the movie is so fucking good. And I feel the same way about the Mandy score because I watched it and I went, 
this just sounds like Sun. Yeah. But then I heard, I think Stephen O'Malley actually did or collaborated on one of the songs in the movie. So I was like, that makes total sense. Plus, like, you know, something like that where it literally just sounds like a guy with just, like, every reverb pedal on the planet over, like, an open, like, down-tuned A. Yeah. Like, it just fits the vibe of that movie so well. Yeah, the sound design in Mandy's really smart. Yeah. Um, trying to think of some of the other stuff. Um, I've been trying out a lot of um, horror comedy, you know, we talked yeah. about earlier. You Might Be the Killer I thought was a lot of fun. Um, obviously there's like comedies and stuff that are mixed in there. I'm not entirely sure how old they are, but like my wife and I always watch like role models and yeah, role models um, shit. forgetting Sarah Marshall, stepbrothers, like those are constants in our house. <laughs> um, even some more dramatic stuff, which isn't really my flair, but, um, on new year's day, I was just like, I just kind of want to sit around and watch movies. Cause I never get a chance to do that. And we watched that movie Dumplin', the Netflix movie. I heard about that. It's really good. And if you grew up as a fat kid, like as a child, like you will cry. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, maybe did I hear about? Did you talk about this on the last Neon Brainiacs? Oh no, I talked about it on Friday when we were hanging oh, on out. On Friday, Tons. I was like, I know, I was like, I heard somebody talk about this recently. <laughs> yeah, it was you. It was. Where was it? <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been a big cheerleader for that over the last like two weeks. Cool. Just because like. You wouldn't think like, oh, a, a drama with about like Texas pageant culture that's obsessed with Dolly Parton. That sounds right up Greg's alley. Not really, but I loved it. <laughs> good movie's a good movie. I I can't deny it. I yeah. can't deny it. That's the same way music is too. Sometimes there are just certain bands or artists that you'll hear it and you're like, what the fuck is this? And oh, somebody's absolutely. like, oh, you know, it's Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. And you're like, God damn. <laughs> Why a, do I like this? But good, I like it. It's a good Hootie song. I gotta say, like, if you would have told me 10 years ago at 22 when I'm, like, very steeped in, like, traditional hardcore, like, you will love Fleetwood Mac in 10 years. I would have <laughs> been like, you're fucking high. Same as a few years ago, if you would have been like, oh, this drama that's about, like, Texas pageant culture, you're gonna love it. I would have been like, well, you don't know me at all. But, like, yeah, there's just that stuff that comes out of left field where you're like, I really like this, and it's so far out of my wheelhouse. I think it's just a natural part of aging. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like the your interests when you're, you know, two obviously evolve from when you're 10, and then 10 to 20, 20 to 30. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, I, I mean, I grew up, I listened to, I mean, my dad was listening to heavy shit to begin with, so but I listened to a bunch of metal and hardcore and blah 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 like yeah. i remember going to national record mart when i was a kid to buy fucking uh earth crisis breed the killers oh that's their heaviest record yeah. too oh <laughs> we can talk about earth crisis if you yeah, want like, <laughs> like, 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 like there was like a lot of shit like earth crisis and strife all that's like all that victory all, stuff. all that victory yep. shit i love that stuff and yep. then then I got a little bit heavier. Then it's like, oh, like, what is Sepultura? Okay, yeah. cool. And then it all kind of ended up coming back around and up listening to the stuff that my dad was, like, into. That's the crazy thing. Like, what age did that happen to you? That was probably, that was, I would say, that was probably between, we'll say between 10 and 15. Like, that, Oh, wow, that's early. That range, yeah. Because, like, I remember going to my dad maybe, like, God, when I was like 25, 26 and being like, hey, guess what? I just bought three Black Sabbath records at the fucking exchange. <laughs> or like, I found Dream Warriors by docking on a fucking casingle. Like, yeah. And he was just like, hell yeah. <laughs> well, what happened with me, I started getting into making beats and stuff when mm -hmm. I was like 16, 17. 
And my uncle, the movie collector, was also a record collector. And he used to take me to record stores with him when he had to, like, watch me. Yeah. And he, like, every once in a while, he would let me pick out stuff. And my dad was really into, like, Iron Maiden and all this stuff. So I was in the Iron Maiden and all this stuff. So whenever I turned 16, I got this turntable to make beats. He was like, hey, I heard you got a turntable. You want all these records? I don't want them. And it was like, oh, yeah. It was like the stack of Iron Maiden and shit just from when I was a kid. And that was just, it was just always around. And I was kind of like always super duper encouraged to listen to music. And Mm -hmm. I also kind of lucked out that I had a couple friends in school that were also into a ton of music into the same stuff too. So, yeah. Yeah. When I was like, 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 I have a picture of me at my 10th birthday party wearing a white zombie t-shirt. That's fucking tight. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it's just, it was, it's, uh, that's always been like probably the most consistent thing in my life has been like rock or metal to some degree. That's funny too, because like with Pummel, it, we, you know, we kind of have like that nineties, like grunge metal thing, like Melvin's helmet. We kind of have that down. That was stuff that I remember, not those bands specifically, but like, you know, a lot of the alternative of that, you know, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, uh, fucking, you know, all that shit, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. I remember listening to that at a young age because I was listening to the radio and then kind of like got into punk and was like, fuck all that shit. But then it came back around, you know, that's one of those things you're like, I don't know how I started listening to this shit I listened to when I was a kid, but it fucking rips. Yeah. And then you listen to the bands that were like one step removed from them. Cause right. like, it's obviously, it's like really easy to be like, okay, like, yeah, we knew who Nirvana was. We knew who Soundgarden was. We knew who, um, Smashing Pumpkins were. Right. We knew who Green Day was, you know? And then you get nostalgic for that shit from your childhood again. But then it's like, oh yeah, like I remember Nirvana and I remember like reading magazines and I would hear about the Melvins, but I never listened to the Melvins. Exactly. And and you know what? Like people, I think from like our generation and younger talk a lot of shit where like you kids have it so easy. It's so easy to find bands. You can listen to anything in the world. You don't have to pay for it, blah, blah, blah. But that's good though, because like without that, I, you know, I got like, I'm up to my fucking ass in student debt. I can't just go out and blind buy records that I might not like. So I am going to go on YouTube or Bandcamp and listen to like, you know, the bands that you hear that are once removed from the stuff, you know, like I found out about Tad. I found out about Paw, Green River, you know, all that stuff that was so far removed from the stuff that I listened to as a kid. I'm not going to go and drop six or $700 on CDs at the exchange just to be like, do I like this? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and and that is like the read a, a CD booklet uh-huh. of our time is just like going on YouTube or going on Bandcamp and searching like genre tags or whatever, or going on music blogs when those were kind of in their prime. Yeah, I mean it's it's different, but it's it's still the same. Like I I, I can be I can romanticize my experiences. I remember uh, there was this dude that worked at it wasn't the it was the, it was called the record exchange before it was the exchange oh yeah, yeah but in squirrel hill there was a guy that worked there that was me and my friend mike who lived in squirrel hill that was like my my bff then we would always go there and buy cds and there was this older dude there that like knew that we were the younger kids and he would always turn us on to different stuff oh that's cool and i remember he convinced mike to buy uh Dillinger Escape Plan Calculating Infinity Ooh, when it came out. There you go. But th- that was like the tipping. We couldn't take it. Like it made no sense to us. And then 
there was another like five years where I didn't listen to them at all because I was like, I don't understand that shit. Right. But in the meantime, I had I had gotten into Converge, and then I was also listening to like crazy electronic stuff like Aphex Twin, and my brain grew a little bit for this like this psychoticness right. of what was possible. Then my buddy was like, you ever listen to Dillinger Escape Plan? I was like, yeah, I didn't really get it. He's like, you should listen to it again. Yeah. And then I listened to it again. And I was like, God damn. Now I get it. That's so funny that you mentioned that because um, when I was maybe like 23, 24, somewhere in there, um, my sister and all her friends in high school were like kind of getting, they were kind of shifting more from like, you know, like. Iron Maiden and the stuff that's easily accessible into like kind of mall metal and then getting into hardcore proper. And once they were on the the tip of like going from like mall metal to, to capital H hardcore, yeah. I would have some of them come up to me and go, how do you like converge? It's not even music. It makes no sense. And sure. I'm like, give it a little bit of time. So it's funny you bring up converge. Cause it's like, yeah, if you're like, I just like whatever my dad tells me to like, and you hear that you're like, what the fuck? Like, who, <laughs> you know, it's so fun. Who does this? Going back to that, evolution i think of just how brains work it's like okay you know you grow up listening to the the stuff that's accessible because you're a kid Mm -hmm. and then you start getting into these offshoots and then like especially with heavy music it starts to get more and more extreme like you go from you know like a more traditional sound to like the experimentations that break off of it and then eventually it gets a little bit exhausting and you start to understand the pleasures of a fleetwood mac right (laughs) <laughs> it, but you know that's not for everybody but most of the time if i find myself in an environment where i'm around a bunch of like hardcore people or a bunch of metal people it's still kind of it's like i think like in 10 years you're probably all going to be listening to fleetwood mac or something like that yeah it's like one of those things where you just <laughs> uh, i i've definitely like flirted with that weird line where it's like you kind of just get heavier and heavier and more extreme until you just hit a wall and you're like what am i doing with my life like you know, I went from like hardcore to listening to like weird death metal, like mortician and stuff like that to like, you know, weird grind, like last days of humanity where it sound, you know, the vocals sound like you ate too much Taco Bell yeah, like, sure. and then like harsh noise and like all this other weird, like sound landscape shit. And then you're just like, nah, Nirvana's cool. <laughs> well, I think the best place to be in is just like to realize that there is a place for all of it. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, with anything, whenever you find out about something for like the first time, it's so easy to get sucked into this world. You just want to consume everything about Don't it. I know it. <laughs> like, 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 I went through like a really big black metal phase mm-hmm. my senior year of high school, and then now it's like, you know, there's maybe only like a small handful of bands that like actually stuck in my lexicon that I will go back to and be like, yes, and then a whole lot of bullshit. But that's probably the same for every other genre of music too. Yeah, it's funny you bring up black metal too, because like. There's a lot of like other factors you have to kind of uh, account for. Fortunately, I never listened to anything that was too politically extreme. Yeah, where you're just like, I don't know about this. Even when I was younger, because I mean, I grew up listening to, like, I was already listening to like hardcore and punk and stuff like that. So my brain was already kind of turned on to some things and Mm -hmm. I had ideals and morals kind of already in place. So if I ever came across something that was a little sketch, I was already kind of like, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of that stuff, like, is that, and there's, there's some pretty unfortunate stuff in that, in that whole <laughs> yeah. realm. Well, there's unfortunate stuff uh, everywhere, but that's a different kind now, of unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. And it sucks because <laughs> sometimes you're like, 
ah, oh, man, these riffs are kind of kind of tight. Like, there's, like, one Burzum sign. It's a really cool riff, but, like, that guy is a walking piece of garbage. Yeah. The funny thing about black metal, though, I feel like that's, I mean, I'm, I'm, this is, I'm making a comedic statement here, but I feel like the worse the production is, probably the more unsafe it is. I think that's a fair assessment, actually. <laughs> I think I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> so yes, if you stick with the more produced stuff, it's kind of like maybe not the the traditional yeah. black metal, but I don't know. I'm again, I was 17. Right. So it's like whatever. I'll listen to Demu Borgir. Give me a break. I gotta say too, I don't know if you've listened to did you listen to the newest Dark Throne record? No. It's just a straight up, it's like it sounds almost like integrity because it's like it just sounds like straightforward hardcore, but with like Motorhead influence. Yeah, it's really fucking tight. <laughs> nice. I I kept joking like, oh, who put out the best hardcore record of twenty sixteen or seventeen or whatever it was? It was Dark Throne. <laughs> it's fucking tight. Yeah, I my like personal relationship with hardcore in particular has been pretty non-existent. I would say over like the past probably like 10 years now in my life yeah i don't know what it is like i hear a lot of bands and there's stuff that i think is cool there's a lot of younger bands doing cool stuff even though it's not like hardcore hardcore i really like the vein record that came out this year oh it was great but it made me feel like i was in high school and that's like what i liked about it you know and i was like so i actually saw them play and i'd never heard of them before they were just they opened up for glassjaw oh wow yeah here really Glassjaw played the rex vein was the opening band holy shit that far back i mean that was like two years ago damn yeah that's crazy and I, they I, weren't even really on my radar until recently and i never heard of them and i like and that they just had a killer set and i was like whoa like cool band i'm gonna keep my eye out for them and then finally they put out that album and i was like this is tight yeah but like i also know that probably if i went to like a show where like specifically that fan base would be it probably wouldn't be an environment for me it's possible um I feel like we kind of live in a weird city for that. Um, Cause obviously there's still a lot of hardcore going. Um, like I haven't really been involved in it. Cause I kind of got not really burnt out because I've always listened to it and I've always, you know, sought out new bands. I just haven't really jived with what's been going on here. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Cause like, you know, my brand of hardcore isn't really happening here. It's happening more in like DC and Philadelphia where, sure. you know, like capital H stuff, like, you know, no metal, no beat down. Yeah. Uh, no, like, you know, cross punk, you know, hybrid type stuff. Yeah, There's like, a lot of like, I feel like hybrid stuff here. And the other thing too, I guess it's hard for me to like really be a part of it because I don't really know anybody locally too. Yeah. So it's the, the, the few times I found myself in those environments, it was just like, uh, it's just not my space. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not like, it's cool. Y'all have it. It's just not for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a fucking, I don't know. It's like a Burger King. It's not for me. Right. <laughs> but I'm glad people have Burger King. Yeah. It's one of those things <laughs> where you're like, I don't feel explicitly unwelcome. It's just not clicking. Yeah. So like as a result of that, um, I don't know. It just sucks because there's. A, I'm sure there's a lot of good music I'm probably missing out on, but I'm still. It's not like I'm not listening to stuff. I've just gotten into other things and found appreciations for other things. Yeah, and there's and there's ways. You know, you don't have to go to every show and just like throw yourself into whatever local scene you have. You know, there is Bandcamp. You know, you can like 
you can buy a band's demo on Bandcamp, like throw money their way. So if you have this weird complex about not supporting them because yeah. they're not local, you can do that. I find a ton of new hardcore through uh, the Axe to Grind podcast because uh, finally, like, there's a lot of podcasts that talk about hardcore specifically. Um, instead of, you know, a lot of these shows that, you know, every so often they'll interview somebody from a hardcore band or like, you know, kind of get mixed in. Um, you know, there's just different avenues now. Like we have the technology. You don't have to go to every fucking show. Yeah. For me, it's hard because especially with hardcore rock or anything that's like guitar driven, mm -hmm. it's hard for me to really dig a band unless I've seen them live. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's just something about it where like I need to like. I like I love that experience of yeah. you know it's especially now I mean it's probably not so much an issue in hardcore but with metal specifically we're living in like this overproduction time yeah where you know a lot of the metal albums that you hear they're they're electronic albums because they're so they're so processed to the point that you're actually listening to an electronic album yeah, and I mean it sounds like metal. Yeah, but it's robots. I got my opinions. On but that. I mean, like, <laughs> if uh, but the, on the flip, I've seen bands that pull it off live, and it's like, okay, you could play this. I don't know why you went with the computer recordings. I think that's the real litmus test too. Yeah, like if if it can sound live the way it does on record, then you know what you're doing. I think the last band I really saw, I think the first time Deaf Heaven came through, it, uh, they played with Russian Circles at the Moose. And uh, Roads to Judah had like just come out a few months before that, maybe like a year or so. And I listened to it constantly. So I was like, fuck yeah, finally get to see this band. They literally sounded exactly like they did on record, except some of the, um, some of the tap tempos on like their delay yeah. were a little off. Other than that, it sounded exactly like the record. So I was like, that's a talented fucking band. So, how do you feel about the computer bands? You, you made a face. I, uh, I just, I don't know. It just, uh, I don't know if it's just my opinion or the way that I came up or what I came up listening to, but like, it doesn't need to sound, you know, just kind of forcing a square peg in a round hole as far as perfection. Yeah. You know, if you, if you goof up on something, you know, as long as it's not too obvious. It doesn't need to sound like you 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 know you went into Fruity Loops and made every single beat. Yeah, I feel like I always pick up on like the nuance of like what a band is supposed to what what like what is your message? What 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 is your what's the point you're trying to get across here? Mm -hmm. And I mean maybe that probably just comes from the hardcore punk shit growing up. Yeah. But even like with metal that stuff does exist. Like there's plenty of bands in metal that have good messaging but with like this whole perfection thing it's all like is this just like a it's like it's like the equivalent of like somebody that over filters the photograph on instagram like it's like all this is is like a doctored up selfie right of a metal album i think that's a really good way to put it <laughs> and it's one of those i don't know it just feels really inauthentic to me totally. because like nobody's fucking perfect you know, you can put out the best representation of yourself, but if it's obvious that you're like trying to clean it up and be like, well, I'm not really like that. Like, you know, and there's this thing about being like, uh, I think it, a part of it kind of came from these like subcultures, like metal and stuff, not being so, um, 
not being so like rallied against like they maybe once were right there's a lot more people that accept these things and i think you know a big part of being like a metalhead kid or whatever was like you don't want to be perfect you don't want to be the social norm you know what i mean so having a little bit of a fuck up in your stuff it was it kind of was part of the environment right and now it's like these metal kids want to be just as like perfect and as clean as like the preppy kids right their presentation you know what i mean like they want the same production on their songs it would be on like a backstreet boys song yeah the same clean polish i think that's fair and uh, i don't know it just i don't know if maybe this is kind of what you were getting at but it's not uh, all right hold on i'm gonna make a very very uh controversial statement tight i think being a new juggalo is the punkest thing you can do i'll i'll give you that because that's really the last subculture that's dangerous to take part in because of like other people outside. Yeah. yeah. Like you could, you know, you could walk down the street in an ICP shirt and get your fucking ass kicked because people don't like what you like. Yeah. Or people will just talk shit on you. Be like, ah, oh, fuck that. People go out of the way to make fun of you. And like every, every stereotype has its valid points. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, stereotypes are stereotypes for reasons. So sure. There's some people in that community that are probably out of their fucking mind. But there's people in every fucking community that are out of their mind. And I think that the Juggalo community is definitely, like, very misrepresented. I totally agree because, you know, I told you earlier, I'd worked at a Hot Topic for a couple years. And the, you know, the people that came in to buy ICP shirts were the nicest kids. Their parents were nice. They dropped a lot of fucking money. Those are three things that like, oh, you're an asshole, you're white trash, and you're poor, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I experienced none of that. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just like my experience because I was selling them the things that they wanted or needed, but I don't know. I've never really had a, a bad run-in with anybody that takes part in that subculture, so... I don't know. I kind of have this weird, like, I have no stake in the race. Like, I don't enjoy it that at all. But, you know, I understand that that's, like, the last subculture that has a target on its back inherently. Yeah. Uh, it it blows my mind, though. <laughs> like, that's, that's the thing. is like, you'll get people that are, like, kids that probably were made fun of for the shit that they liked in school that will make fun of that. Right. And it's like, do you understand what you're doing? Like, you're being the same shit. It just perpetuates the same bullshit. That you were. Yeah. Like, that, like, how people were to you. It's the same reason why I will never make fun of anybody for, like, the kind of shit they listen to. Yeah. Because I always got so fucking annoyed at, like, the older dudes. Like, oh, like, you're listening to Slipknot? Fuck that. Like, fuck you. This is what I like. I right. would never give any kid shit for whatever they're going to listen to. I'll say that it's not for me. Yeah. If you ask me. But I'm not going to go out of my way to, like... Be like, oh, the stuff the kids he's listening, like the stuff these kids are listening to today is shit. It happens a lot with like a lot of people ask me about like rap now because like what rap or hip hop is now in the mainstream is it's a it's a 180. Right. You know, from what it was, but it's also not at the same time. It's just sound evolves. I think a lot of people have this. If you think about like how young of a genre rap is or how like punk or anything, it's like. These are all things that are like under 50 years old. Oh, yeah. And music in human existence is thousands of years old. So to assume that something is only one thing based off of not even like a full 
century of it existing is right. kind of like an ignorant mindset. I think you're you going to see it changing a lot. I think you made really two really good points there. One is, you know, I was definitely the type of person that would be like, oh, that shit sucks. Um, but as I got older, I realized like, yeah, I, it's not for me. And that kind of goes back to the podcast where it's like, we've done some really bad movies that we did not like at all. And some people have come at us about it where it's like, you know, you guys are taking yourselves too seriously. You don't understand like this movie or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, that's fine. We're not saying it shouldn't exist. We're not saying you're a fucking idiot because you like it. It's just not for us. Like, you know, well, that's the other thing too, is I guess I still think you should be able to have your opinion. Yeah. It's a, it always really bums me out whenever I say I don't like something and somebody takes it as an attack. Yeah. So, you know, it almost feels like you need to put a disclaimer where it's like, yeah, obviously we scale these on one to 10, but like these are, that's just how we feel about it. Yeah. What was your, there was a second one? Yeah, I'm trying to think what it was. <laughs> it may have flown away, so. It's, it's all good. It's all good. With, have you, well, let's, let's get back into movies real quick. Because, not real quick, we'll probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> movies have kind of suffered the same issue in terms of the access to technology and how computers can help improve the the speed of getting a movie done and right. the budget and how I think some stuff has kind of suffered because of, I mean, we'll say, you know, the big one being like CGI. Yeah. Um, not a huge fan of all that, but I understand that, you know, if you're dealing with budgetary constraints or, you know, who's available to work with, uh, you know, I understand not everybody can get, you know, somebody like Tom Savini or, you know, Rick Baker to work on their fucking movie. And that's totally fine. Um, I have seen plenty of movies that, you know, have CGI effects in them. And, you know, I can watch it and go, eh, would have preferred something more practical. But I understand the constraints. Like, like I'm not going to spawn live action movie. <sighs> I do like that a lot. Though. <laughs> That's got a tight ass fucking soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, it too. does. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, it all goes back to the same thing. I might not be a fan of it, but I totally understand the, you know, the, the creative choice to use that. And that's fine. You know, half the time you might even think like, kind of wish I wouldn't have done that. But yeah, it's, it's, I have a very, I have a very strong conflict in me when it comes to that kind of stuff in movies and with music. Mm -hmm. As a creator, I feel like everybody has the right to create and get their art out there. Yeah. But some of the best movies and music and the stuff that we hold on to was created in a time when you really had to have your shit together to get something out. Yeah. And it, why was everything, well, not everything, but why was there so much solid stuff done then? Because the only people that really got to that, you really had to like work and prove some sort of, like prove your worth in different ways to get to a point to actually get music on a piece of wax or to get a film in a theater where now it's like everybody has a voice. The, you could shoot the goddamn thing on your phone and get it on Netflix. Yeah. And, and I, every district and that that's fucking fantastic. But it also is like such a problem. It's a lot to sort through for the consumer. I think like it's great that everybody has a voice like, you know, with stuff like YouTube or even Amazon Prime, it's not that hard to get your shit on there. Um, you know, and sometimes if you're a person that's like, you know, everybody's got that experience of 
scrolling through Netflix and scrolling through Netflix and all this shit fucking looks terrible. But like, it's kind of cool that like everybody has a voice where, you know, 30 years ago or something like that, you really had, you know, like you said, had to have your shit together or a studio that are really the gatekeepers aren't going to take you seriously. And they're going to tell you to get out of their face. I was listening to an interview recently with some rapper and I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about the way rap is today and they weren't talking shit on current rap, but they made this point that whenever we were kids being like people in the rap community, but this could probably be be applied to a number of things Mm -hmm. you would see other artists on TV and you would be like, I could never do that because it was like this level that was so high and would really drive you. And now like you can watch something on Netflix and they got, fuck, I could do that. Right. I can do it better. (laughs) So like encourages creativity, but it also like really lowers the bar for what is acceptable. Right. And I think that that's what has happened with metal. I think just there was this era like in the, like the MySpace era of, crab core and yep. death metal and all that like the myspace death metal where it all became this computer shit like all these 17 year old wizards that were able to make stuff sound insanely good just spearheaded this whole genre of uh overproduced computer metal and now we're still we're still in it Man, i'm hearing computer metal is a really good way to put yeah, that <laughs> i'm hearing a lot more organic stuff starting to come through the cracks and I'm starting to, you're starting to see more practical stuff coming up in movies. And I think people are getting sick of it. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that, you know, if you pay attention to even like fashion trends about every 30 years, shit gets recycled where like, you know, Oh, 80 stuff is back in fashion. And now like 90 stuff is back in fashion where, yeah, I think like you just kind of have these weird shifts where like, you know, from we'll say movies, For example, you know, you had like the 1980s and 1990s where practical effects were way over here. And then kind of like in the early 2000s, it's like, oh, well, it's much cheaper to do computers. Whoosh. Way over here. But then it's like, yeah, but we're kind of tired of this stuff. Let's go back to practical effects. Whoosh. It's it's almost like the pirate ship at Kennywood where, you know, you're just going from one extreme to another. And, you know, it's just basically, you know, however long it takes before the pendulum swings back the other way. Being a fan of 80s subculture honest opinion stranger things i love it both seasons i haven't seen the second season actually okay (laughs) um but i'm like i'm like kind of an 80s apologist sure sure. uh, just because you know that's the stuff i grew up watching so i have a sentimental attachment i make no bones about that i think that's the right way to approach it yeah i i have i have my hang-ups about season two but i would uh I'll, i'll gladly watch it um, I'll gladly watch three whenever it comes out. There's like, there's so I'm as much as like, I'm kind of like, I keep on eye rolling at all of this, like eighties looking stuff that comes through. I'm still happy to watch it. I fucking dig it all. Did you watch, uh, the chilling adventures of Sabrina? Yes. Did you like that? Uh, I did. I, you know, I had my, you know, not, not really gripes. Cause it was, it wasn't like, Oh, I really don't like that. Um, but it was just like, eh, maybe would have done that a little differently, but yeah. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I really liked it. it. It reminded me a ton of like early Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, I could. I and could then see that. like like that mixed with like Mean Girls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will recommend um, Summer of '84. Okay. Uh, it's a new movie. I can't remember. Uh, a couple guys uh, directed it, but it's almost 
Stranger Things meets Silver Bullet. Okay. Um, where instead of like a werewolf terrorizing like a, a town in the 80s, uh, it's like a serial killer. That's like, oh, the serial killer could live right next door and he's targeting my friends. Cool. Where basically like, oh, the cops won't listen to us. So like, you know, this group of like 12 year olds has to like solve the case. But Tight. yeah, I, I, I will recommend that. That one's really good. What else? What else? It Follows. Oh, I loved It Follows. That score is fucking great. That disaster piece yeah. scores. Mwah. Yeah. Solid. So good. Did, okay. Now, this is going to be this is the last newer horror movie I'm going to rattle off. Just I'm not going to. We could probably sit here for fucking <laughs> oh, four sure. hours. Like, Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? Hopefully someone out there is like, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Or they didn't. They're taking notes. I, I'm certainly hoping they are. Ouija, Origin of Evil. Didn't see it. I heard it's bad. Dude, I would give it probably like, like an eight or nine out of ten. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm like kind of, was that a Blumhouse movie? Who put that out? Don't remember. Because I, I feel like they had I have their a hand copy. in it. We could take a look at it. Yeah. But uh, it's super cool. It okay. really plays into not, it's a really silly premise because it's based around a fucking Ouija board. Right. Because it's, it's not the Ouija movie. It was, a, it was the prequel. Oh, it's a prequel. Okay. I thought it was like yeah, a proper there was sequel. The, the, well, there was the Ouija movie and then. I think there's like a, a proper sequel, and then there's this prequel. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And it's made by the whoever. I don't know who did it off the top of my head, but it was completely disconnected from the other ones. Oh, okay. And it plays that card of silly premise, but play it straight, but also very self-aware, right? And its silliness. Okay. Really cool practical effects. It um it takes place in like the like late seventies or eighties. It looks like that, like yeah. the way it's shot. The the there's like a little girl actor in it that's a fucking psychopath in okay. the best way. It's <laughs> solid. I'll give it a go. Ouija um, Origin of Evil. Not just Ouija, yeah. or Ouija two, but Ouija Origin of Evil. I'm actually trying to um one of my like resolutions or whatever for twenty nineteen is I'm trying to watch as many movies for the first time as possible. Um, so yeah, I'm, you, you got yeah. me sold. Yeah. I very recommended. And I'm always, I, I'm trying to do that too, because I will complain like I don't get time to watch movies, but then I'll watch big trouble in little China for the fucking 75th time. I mean, come on, what else are you supposed <laughs> to do? <laughs> so I think that, you know, even though it's great to revisit film, I try to do what I can to consciously remember like, Oh Yeah. I don't have to watch that again. And I also do have a stack of movies that I haven't even watched that I've just like picked up random links. Like, oh, this looks tight. Yeah. And like five years later, that still looks tight. I haven't watched it. <laughs> still curious on what that's yeah. about. I got to say, like, I've I've hit gold a lot of times on the show. So I'm trying to be like, you know, instead of watching Better Off Dead for the 400th time, maybe I should, you know, take a chance on something. You might find your new favorite movie because there's so many movies that we've watched on the show where I'm like, where's this been all my life? Like, you know, something like Terror Vision just like checks all my boxes. It's funny. It's, you know, the effects are really good. Yeah. It's got Diane Franklin in it. Like, you know, so, I, you know, it, it's it's almost what a lot of us should do and just kind of open you know, yourself to new experiences because you never know which one's really going to change your life. Yeah, definitely. And I would also make sure to like, don't just open yourself up to new experiences that are like movies you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. There's always those movies that you've heard of that you haven't watched. Like, exactly. Like the movie we talked about earlier today. 
for you and Ben because you both said that you had always you've heard of it, but you never watched it. Right. I think there's a lot of those. Like for me, I put off watching Return of the Living Dead for a really long time. Oh, that one's great. Like a really long time. And yeah. it's because it was just one of those things where it was like I knew it existed and I got so used to it existing that it, I just I knew it was there. And I knew like the characters, like, but I ne- you just never watched it. And it's one of those things that because some of this stuff becomes such, you know, it's so prevalent in pop culture, you almost feel like you've already watched it. Yeah, it's like you know what it is, but you almost forget that you haven't watched it. Exactly. Like, I don't know exactly what happens. I just know these people or like this one line or something uh-huh, like that. Yeah. yeah, so I would encourage that as well for people. I agree. To do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely. I should tr- also try to make a make a resolution to go back and try to listen to some more uh listen to more I not I would say catching up with some bands that I haven't listened to in a while. It might be disappointing, but it would be fun. You never know. Yeah. I'm really bad at keeping up with bands. I'm not great at it either. Um but, you know, eventually you're you know, you just are just like okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to listen to these records, and I'm going to see what's been going on. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but, I mean, that's for anything. Uh-huh. So we got Neon Brainiacs, uh, a band that is just, it's there, but who knows? Yeah. No, no plans to do anything anytime soon? Uh, we'd like to. We're still sitting on about a dozen songs that uh, haven't really seen the light of day. We actually just had a tape put out on Head to Wall Records that came out in October-ish. Okay. Um, so yeah, go, go check that out at the very least. <laughs> Move a couple where, of those units. Where can people find Neon Brainiacs? Uh, Neon Brainiacs is pretty much anywhere you uh, find podcasts, uh, iTunes or Apple podcasts, whatever they call it now. Uh, Stitcher, uh, we have a Libsyn site. You can stream it straight from there. Um, yeah, pretty much wherever you get them. Yeah. I feel like it always seems like that's such a default thing to say, but the podcast community, like people that listen to it, it's so small now that they'll know what you mean. Exactly. And and sometimes that's not true for every show. I know a lot of people are pretty loyal to like SoundCloud or stuff like that because sometimes I'll look on iTunes. I'm like, I can't find this fucking show because they only post it on SoundCloud, which yeah. I got no qualms with. Yeah, I was I was only on Bandcamp for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's an avenue I haven't actually heard a lot of people do. Yeah. It's bold. For, for for a while, when this was like four years ago, almost five years ago now, SoundCloud had a lot more limitations on what you could upload. Like as far as like, uh, like, um, copyright stuff? N- no, just oh, like okay. the amount of time and how often you can upload on a free account. Like you'd have to have a paid account. Oh, I see. But yeah. Bandcamp didn't. So that was why I was using Bandcamp. I actually think there's still a start the beat band camp that just has like the first however many episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like a little uh there's like a little uh banner on the page. It's like, hey, like I'm not, I don't <laughs> go use over this here anymore. now. <laughs> I, use this. I think I checked it maybe like two years ago and there was still people like listening to old episodes on there. It's like Hey, if it works, it works. I hope that <laughs> they uh hope they, they caught the other stuff. Yeah. Well, think we could probably wrap up i don't have anything else to talk about i i I had some stuff and it just kind of escaped me yeah welcome to my life (laughs) (laughs) thanks for coming over uh last last minute hey no problem like i said you know we we spent quite a bit of time together earlier so you know what's what's a little bit more (laughs) exactly and uh 
I'll do my outro another at another time in another place. You don't have to be here for that. No problem. So we are going to cut this right now. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you. Oh, outro time. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Greg is a really awesome guy. Can't say enough nice things about him. What a gentleman. What a scholar. Uh, I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. But before then, if you... I can't talk. Again, if you are in Pittsburgh, don't forget... This Friday, January 25th, podcast night at the Toma featuring Greg's podcast, Neon Brainiacs, featuring Ghoul on Ghoul, featuring Thrifty, and featuring yours truly, Start the Beat, a night of fun, diverse discussion with some cool people in a nice laid-back environment. There's information about the event on Facebook if you look up Podcast Night at the Toma, or you could just shoot me a message and I'll give you all of the juicy details about the event. And yes, that's all I have to say. As I already mentioned, I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.